Welcome to episode number 82 of the Better Yet Podcast. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet! It's a long-form interview podcast featuring musicians talking about influence, talking about writing, and talking about being around. How we doing? We, we settled into this new year. I always forget that the first week or like 10 days after the holiday stretch is so disorienting because the the days of the week lose all meaning during the holiday season christmas and new year's it just it totally negates any concept of of a monday through sunday life i always feel so strange it didn't help that i went to normal illinois on wednesday night this past wednesday to watch wrestle kingdom live from tokyo eating adderall at 12.30 in the morning so I can stay hype for a five-hour wrestling show. Shout out to my guy Naito, lost in the main event. I was emotionally invested in that title fight. And it's investment in a way that seems increasingly rare. But last spring, I was having a hard time sleeping. I was waking up in the middle of the night for these long stretches of time. And it was really difficult. I was starting to really get in my own head about not being able to sleep. But I got to a rhythm with it where I was waking up and I was just watching Naito matches during that time. And put me at ease. Made me tranquilo for an hour. And then I'd fall back asleep. It was a comforting, comforting experience that I had. I was on the best show this past week. Not as a guest, though that would be a dream, but I called in to talk to Tom Sharpling. Uh, We talked about Chloe. She gets these underhanded compliments from people just because of her her size. People come over and they're like, oh, she's a little sausage, and I, I take issue with that. I think that's a little insensitive. So I called to talk to Tom about that. We talked about Lou Reed. It was fun. You can listen to that. On the podcast app, the title is Best Show 2018. I'm on towards the end. I truly love that program. I suggest that you listen to the whole episode. Tom Sharpling, in my opinion, is a brilliant host. He did an interview with James Murphy that lasted the entire length of the show. Uh, That was back in the fall. Three hours they talked. And I could not give less of a shit about LCD Sound System, but that interview was incredible. My favorite interview of 2017. Highly recommend that. The best show in general. But you're here now on my show. Better yet, thank you for coming by. If you would like to support the show, head on over to betteryetpod.com slash merch. We got a pocket tee available. Got the logo and a picture of Chloe on the back of it. Some buttons were running low on a couple of the sizes, so get them before they're gone. BetterYetPod.com slash merch. Better Yet is sponsored by Jordan's Omelets, the internet's premier omelet blog from Roswell Kid front person Jordan Hudkins. You can't spell Anthony Bourdain phonetically without bore. Jordan'sOmelets.com is frying up a solution to the blasé minutia of marginal celebrity food media with a straightforward and simple blog that reflects on the basic principles of cuisine while ruminating on the everyday questions that fall upon our brains like snowflakes in Alaska or raindrops in Seattle. Join Jordan for a journey you may or may not tepidly disagree with, passively embarking upon. Jordansomelets.com All right, Sam Cook Parrot of Radiator Hospital is on the show this week. Radiator Hospital is a recording project started by Sam in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It had a few iterations as a solo project, a few different full band lineups before the full band would coalesce in Philadelphia after Sam moved there in 2013 and released the LP Something Wild that year and Torch Song in 2014, which we could just call the proverbial breakthrough. Torch Song would get a lot of buzz centered around the band, and after four years of churning out a whole lot of material, they were doing the hustle, which was all well and good, but... Sam decided to take a breather from it and recenter. He made a record 
with Michael Cantor of The Goodbye Party under the name The Afterglows. He also worked with Alison Crutchfield on Lean Into It and on Tourists in This Town, which came out last year. But after three years, Radiator Hospital is back with a new record called Play the Songs You Like, a telling title for a great new record. Sam came over to talk about it, to talk about the break. My dude was a complete trooper. He was not feeling so great. And we've got a first on the podcast. I won't spoil it, but let's get to it. We'll start with the song. This is Nothing Nice, followed by my interview with Sam Cook Parrot. Nothing nice to talk about. Yes, I've been had a sore throat for a few days now, and I've been I was quite ill last night. I had like an out of body experience while we were playing. I was like, by the end of our set, I was just like, just done having a fever dream, and just like, like I my eyes were closed, and I felt like I was like, I was like, are we still playing? Like I felt crazy. I was just like, damn, on autopilot, like trying to get it fucking done. <laughs> so. That sucks so bad. Cause it's fine. I mean, it's. I, I think it probably made our, you know, it, other than me looking like a sweaty, feverish idiot, it probably, we probably sounded good, I uh-huh. hope, because we were like, kicked it out because we wanted to get it done, but. Right, right. Yeah. But then you're like, you're like toast, and then everybody wants to come up and talk to oh, you right, after. Oh, right, yeah, and, I, and there's loud music playing, and I have no voice, and, uh-huh. I, and it's like the last thing I should, I mean, right now, here I am talking, the last thing I should be doing is talking probably, and. <laughs> Because we still have, like, yeah, four shows left that I would like to have a voice at. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's rough. That's rough. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you came, though. Yeah, totally. I'm, like, down. I was, like, I was still do the podcast. Sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, yeah. So where'd you grow up? I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah. Uh, the largest city in western Michigan. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Republican hotbed like a, of uh, Michigan. Is it? <laughs> yes, yeah, like Betsy like... DeVos is from there. Like oh, every really? building in Grand Rapids has like DeVos or Van Andel written on the name because they. Except for the schools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, like, yeah, it's just kind of like a really religious area. Yeah. I mean, there's cool punk shit that happens there, but yeah. I mean, as a greater uh, Grand Rapids, the greater Grand Rapids area is like hella religious. And I guess it's just like you, you assume like you go to a place that has like, like a good third wave coffee shop and like some right. brew pubs and stuff like that. Bunch you just cool assume breweries, yeah. that it's like a, a little, at least like somewhat of a liberal hotbed. Right. Well, the city is more, uh-huh. you know, like the people in the city, but then also, I don't know. It's also like not like it's like a weird, um, like I think that people just uh, yeah. I think there's just like you know, like I said, all the money is from evil Republicans yeah, basically. But sure. uh, you know, it's a cool place. I like it a lot there, and uh-huh. I obviously have a. I spent the first twenty years of my life there, and uh, like you know, obviously, I feel like I spent that time finding like all my people there, and then. You know, so I still have a lot of really wonderful friends and family there and stuff who, I, who are still awesome. There? Yeah, my folks are still yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, you got siblings? I have one sister, yeah. What's she, what's she doing? She's in, She's three years older than me, and she is like a... I don't know the best way to describe it. I guess she's just a entrepreneur, a oh, lady yeah? about town. She she has her own podcast. She oh, has really? a... She's uh-huh. a... Uh, instagram celebrity uh-huh. <laughs> not really a celebrity but she has like a instagram called personal practice that's like okay. her dancing every day she's a dancer oh okay and so she uh dances every day on this podcast or i don't know or on this, on pod- this instagram. instagram yeah be and a, then has a podcast be a and, real experimental podcast <laughs> yeah. and a dancing only podcast yeah. Oh, yeah um but yeah she lives in california so uh what are your folks do 
my dad works at a record store and flips records. And, oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So you grew up with music in the house. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, what? what what's his... Uh, he um, everything? All sorts You're of kind stuff. Of I mean, he worked at a country radio station throughout most of the 80s, and then... Uh-huh. Um, uh, what's going on in the 80s in country? <laughs> nothing good. Nothing good. <laughs> a lot of uh, cocaine and yeah. uh, bad production, but... There's some good really songs, good so. uh, Emmy Lou Harris records that came out of that time that oh, yeah, sound definitely. like insane, but uh-huh. they're amazing. I mean, I love like some like crazy ass eighties production, like Me super. Uh, I'm too. down with it. Yeah, um, it's almost. I think of it as like almost similar to if you're listening to like a really lo-fi record. It's like you have to get past this certain sheen that's over top of the music if you really want to hear what right. the person's doing and yeah, i feel totally. like that's the same way with like super overblown 80s production where it's just like i can hear that there's something cool in here and you're yeah, just absolutely. a product of your time or whatever. Right, right right it's just a it's just a layering of 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 whatever uh-huh. on top <laughs> it's still it's still three chords and, yeah and a minor in the bridge yeah so and then so yeah he you know but also flips like Northern Soul 45s, a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, just, you know, yeah. all sorts of. He's been buying and selling records, yeah, my whole life. Yeah. So what was uh, what was playing in the house when you were growing up? Everything? Or? Yeah, definitely. I mean, all sorts of, you know, oldies or, you know, yeah. country and soul and you know, like everything. Really, my yeah, dad yeah, also, yeah. he also loves like The Clash and Prince. Like he. There it is, sh- yeah. You know, his favorite, his like three favorite artists are the clash prince and elvis costello or something you know yeah so, but then yeah, also sure. loves all sorts of other shit you know? yeah, yeah yeah i got that clash poster from my dad from, oh hell yeah that's i awesome. think that's from combat rock yeah hell yeah that's cool you just hang out and drink coke <laughs> <laughs> just like it's all, and they wear their own shirts right are they supposed to look like like american <laughs> or something or like we're drinking coke <laughs> so i'm, I'm sure what, what about your mom what's she into she is a massage therapist uh-huh and uh my old bedroom is now a massage studio oh, in my nice. house. and uh so yeah she does that and so you, you were out. latching on to music right away yeah definitely i feel like i've always been into music yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> music rocks you know i i do i do know what you mean when you say that music rocks because i i agree I, I really do agree it does rock yeah it's like the best yeah um so yeah, so so like were you um just like taking in whatever you were hearing and did you want to play early on? I didn't start playing my own music until I was probably or playing guitar until I was probably like 13 or 14, but Yeah. Pretty quickly just learned enough chords to write my own songs kind of. You were just you writing know. right away. Yeah, nothing good for a while, but <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I definitely uh yeah, it was all. I don't know if I made a conscious decision like I want to be a songwriter or something. Or if I just like did it, started doing it, I guess. Who would you say were the first like few people that were making sense to you, and you know, to the extent that you were thinking like, oh, I can do this too, because you grow up with, you know, like vinyl records and uh-huh. like rock stars to the extent of Prince and. Elvis Costello, right? They're they're from a another planet, right? Yeah. So, um, I guess I don't know. I mean, yeah, I've obviously been into you know, you know, I'm only 26, so uh-huh. I grew up listening to you know, early 2000s pop punk and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so that stuff, I guess, influenced me at worse. a certain point, but pretty quickly when I started getting into records and stuff like the you know just your yeah, I started with the beginnings of punk and people uh-huh. new wave and stuff and then but i'd say probably the first like songwriter person that i was like blown away by and was jonathan richmond yeah probably yeah he's so strange and yeah so- <laughs> <laughs> but just like so genuine and so just like you know especially the first thing i heard by that was that first modern lovers record yeah but i also love like all every record he's ever made it's like, he's, I, like, I, like I love his whole career trajectory it's fascinating to me it's like he's so yeah because he's so like particular and and weird and it's like and i was just talking about uh him with somebody because like the my introduction to the modern lovers was getting really really into the velvet underground Uh and then just going through the things that kale recorded right and that's when i heard the modern lovers and you know then you hear these stories about 
Jonathan Richmond, like, you know, just showing up in New York and trying to hang out. With. Yeah. And he, he's, he comes from like, you know, the totally the same fabric as Lou Reed, but like he does zero drugs as opposed to like right, he yeah. does every drug. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, it's like, I don't know exactly what that connection was. I think it's just cause yeah, they were making that music in the early seventies, you know, that those yeah. first Modern lovers music was being made in like, you know, 72 or 73 right so like for that time period that was such like weird music and and especially when it came out and it was like punk was so like you know anarchy in the uk right uh, you know it's like here's this guy who's just like even though he was like an influence on the sex whistles but you know like here's this person who's just so like anti-hardcore anti-like punk posing type of thing you know he just see he i think that like one of the things that you can attach to with with Richmond is that he has like a particular way of expressing himself. There's this, this innocence in a song like that summer feeling mm-hmm. where it just feels like, so, you know, from a totally different, like solar dimension, uh-huh. it, there's like that really, really like tiny slip. But it also it feels just... like songs that you heard that. Yeah, exactly. That just were passed by on the radio when they right. drove by or something, you know, it's very much like, you know, I think he's mining this music and these melodies that are like sort of ingrained in yeah. American pop culture or something, you know, and in this really unique way. Yeah, absolutely. So when you were getting into that sort of stuff, were there were there kids like in your high school that were into it too? My like, you know, one friend, uh, <laughs> you <yeah>. know, like uh, <laughs> we would like be into all sorts of weird music and right. stuff, but yeah. You, you kind of just... A few people, you yeah, know. Yeah, was there Was there much of a scene in Grand Rapids? Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's always been, uh, especially growing up, there was like a couple of cool all ages venues, and uh, you know, and bands would bands come up and play there too, right? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, yeah, that's how I first, you know, met people in Philly, and uh huh, you know, how I first met any band was because they came through Grand Rapids, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, um, were you playing? Were you playing in bands early on? I started uh, when I was in high school. I had a band called Cookie Bumstead. Uh huh. That named after the comic book character from Blondie, but um, from Blondie <laughs> from Blondie the comic strip. I don't know Blondie. Wait, hold on. Okay. It's in the funnies. Oh, okay. All right. So you, if you funnies. saw it, you'd be like, oh yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And it was much more like you know, it was like an acoustic band and had like, uh, it was much more like lame. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was fine. Right. And then it was just like more. Know. It was just like cheesier songs, and I was uh-huh. still figuring it out, you know. Yeah, sure. But then. A year or two after that, I started doing Radio Hospital and, uh-huh. and playing in other bands too. So. One of one of the things that I think is like really really clear early on with like those first Radiator Hospitals, Radiator Hospital recordings is you know the way you sing is super distinct and mm-hmm. kind of the way like going to Richmond too. Like Richmond has a, like a totally like unique vernacular and this like totally like particular perspective that he has and i feel Uh like yours is is pretty firmly established like right away yeah yeah i definitely have uh you know evened it out a bit but the first tape i did was i was recording it like eight years ago now yeah so um yeah i hope that i got better since then but yeah i definitely think that it's you know yeah it's like i kind of knew what i was trying to do from the get-go and also like uh and yeah, I, what I was going to say was that basically, you know, yeah, I have a certain type of voice. My voice sounds how it does and it can't not. So uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like I learned early on, like, well, just the voice I got. If I want to make music, I might as well just embrace it. And try yeah. To, yeah. Well, wh- where does that come from? Because I think that that's a, that's a pretty tough realization to make, especially like on your own. Yeah. I mean, that's just like a, you know, punk idea of like, you know like you yeah it's just like anybody can make music regardless of how their voice is regardless of their skill level you know like so i've i've realized pretty early that my voice is maybe an acquired taste or something you know like Uh i don't know you know it's kind of annoying i get why you maybe wouldn't like our man or something sure (laughs) (laughs) so yeah and it, it, it i think it all it all fits it all like comes together i think that if you were trying to say the things that you say using a different voice it wouldn't work i think mm-hmm. well and i like to get other people to sing on my records too because i 
like to hear other voices yeah, yeah, sing yeah, my songs. Sure. And I also like the idea of uh, just the different perspectives you can get from hearing a different voice on a record where you're hearing my voice all the time, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, it comes out. Like yeah, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, somebody else is singing and I right. I'll pay attention or something. Yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you get a little bit bored and then it's like, oh, hey, there's Cynthia. Oh, yeah. well, hey, that's, that's at least one of the crutch fields back there. Okay? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you were doing the first, um, when you were doing the first stuff, you're doing it at home and you know, my question always with, with lo-fi stuff is like, what, what amount of design goes into a recording that kind of purposefully sounds? Well, certainly initially I was just learning how to, uh, use a four track. Like uh-huh. I, I didn't have any kind of computer software or whatever, yeah. you know, to record. So I just got a four track at a garage sale once and started fucking around with it. And, mm-hmm really really fell in love with how it sounds and how it's like you know you can get certain sounds out of it that you can't get out of a digital recording you know yeah for so sure. i think it just yeah and then i've always just liked that limitation of like you know okay i gotta sing and play a guitar on this track because i only have four tracks you only got yeah, even yeah. though i could bounce stuff or whatever but i just never really like to do that i kind of like being like okay i gotta make this song sound as good as it can with there's as little an, as possible there's a whole aesthetic to, to all of it that, yeah you know, like and it's like I, I i like the idea that there's like a degree of of honesty <laughs> usually the- it's just like i'll like start with something and then be like i should put some weird bass track over it and then i just do and then yeah. it goes from there <laughs> you yeah, know, i just add stuff sure. as it comes up you know do you like to um do you like using different machines or are you like one of those people who like kind of i just have out? one four track and i've i still use it same and, one that you yeah had since the garage sale yeah what kind is it it's a tascam porta studio uh-huh pretty simple one you know yeah um just but, record uh, a cassette yeah but i actually don't really do a ton of home recording anymore honestly you know yeah I'm going to start a little bit more, I think, but again, but what's getting you back into it? You think just like wanting to mix it up. Like this last radiator hospital record was much more of a band record, like a rock record. So very, I I, I think I I don't want to do that again. You know? Yeah, sure. I want to do something slightly different or some kind of weird hybrid, you know? Are you always kind of, I mean, cause once you start with radiator hospital, you're just churning shit out (laughs) and is it has it kind of always been like a non-stop for you creating and and recording and yeah i mean lately it's become more of like a thing that i have to set aside time for you know it's not uh-huh. as much like a thing where i'm just naturally writing songs all the time you right know? yeah because what were you what were you doing when you were were you did you go to college didn't go to college you were just did just working yeah. I, when i lived in Grand Rapids, i worked at a library uh-huh and i work at a coffee shop now had a bunch of other shit jobs yeah yeah, yeah for sure but the, the the hustle i guess of of needing to uh survive in a place like philly as opposed to a place like grand rapids you're... yeah it's a little different but mm. it's pretty easy there's more people there and more stuff so it's easy to find if all you want to do is you know wash dishes or whatever get by while you make your music then it's yeah yeah you can totally do it but you can do that anyway well then what's getting what's getting in the way of uh of doing it now uh nothing really it's more that it's just like now it's become a whole different thing it's like if i make a if i make radio hospital music it's people have an expectation of what it's going to be and i and that bothers me or something yeah i mean i I feel like that's something that you've been kind of kind of struggling with a lot yeah which is just kind of like stupid i shouldn't because who cares like I want to follow my, um, I want to just make, make whatever music feels right to me. I don't want to think about what, you know, the audience might think or something, but yeah, it's like, I want it to be, I guess I want it to be good. Yeah. Well, I just always want to be growing and changing up a bit or something or just getting better, you know? Uh huh. Well, I mean, don't you think that people gravitated towards the music because of what you were doing from the onset, right? Is it right? Is it yeah. that like once people latch themselves on to it to a certain extent, they're they're expecting? I think it's just the realization that if I put something really personal in a song, uh-huh. it's not going to be mine anymore. Yeah, and it used to be that I would work out all my problems in my songs, and I would that was how I coped with things. I you know mm-hmm. I would, and so 
it's a little more, it's just a little more fuzzy when I know that, you know, it's going to be heard. Yeah, Versus for sure. when I'm just doing it for and no sure. one cares. There, there's, the, there's this, like, this level of insertion that's probably, you know, there's a lot of factors to it. And I think one of them is, like, sort of a, a self-fulfilling aspect to it where it's not necessarily like what other people are thinking it's what you think other people definitely yeah i thinking. totally yeah. it's tough to escape too yeah i mean it's, it's felt better now that we've put out this record and you know uh-huh. i can just relax more and be a little bit more like um you know understanding that people will like it if they like it and you know yeah. if they Hopefully they gravitate towards a song or two off it. And if not, then whatever, I guess. (laughs) I think that it's like, I think that it's important always to assert your control over something. Uh I think that, um, do you mind if you take a break real quick? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Sorry. I don't know if that like fucks up your feng shui. I just think I might have to fucking puke. And boy, did that boy puke. All right. Back to the interview. Why I'm such a riveting conversationalist is because I feel delirious and sick. Uh-huh. But uh, you know, such is life. What do you, What do you think is your your best vomit of your entire life? Do you think Do you have one? I'm kind of a puker. I yeah. You know, <laughs> just admit that about myself. I uh-huh. generally, um, it's not as much that I'm a lightweight. It's just once I cross the threshold. It's gone. As far so. as uh, booze goes, yes, yeah, yeah. for sure. So, <laughs> any any hard. But usually, liquor? when I puke in that situation, that's just over with, and then I uh-huh. feel great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and even in this situation where my illness is not alcohol related, I feel uh, much better now that I've purged myself. I used to get <laughs> I used to get really bad migraines, and, uh, and that make you puke. puke. Yeah, oh, that fucking sucks. It was so weird. Um, just because you can't explain it. Yeah. But then you you puke, and then you're just like, wow, amazing. Like, and then, would it make your headache go away a bit? Or? A little bit, but then you'd have to, like, really drink a lot of water and, like, really stay ahead of it because, like, 45 minutes later, if you're not properly hydrated, here it comes. Right, just, yeah, like, damn. so much. But I haven't puked in a long time. Good for you. Then this is... Uh, <laughs> this is <laughs> I like to go as long as I can between pukings generally, but yeah. sometimes it's... Beyond my control. It's the first time that this has happened on the podcast, so congratulations. Oh, wow, that we've had to take a peak break? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go Let's go back to like the beginning of Radiator Hospital, because you, you kind of talked about how it was just sort of, um, you know, there wasn't really any, any intentionality to it. You were just recording songs, because that's what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then it just... Well, like I was saying about, like, you know part of the beginning of radio hospital was just getting a four track. And that was like why I started doing the band was because I was just learning how to write songs on uh-huh. a four track yeah, and learning how to do fun stuff. Like, like there's a song on that first tape. That's like all acapella. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it at this point I would do a much better job of doing that song. But uh-huh. when it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that on a four track, I was like, Whoa, this sounds so cool. You know? Yeah, totally. So yeah, it's just like fun to kind of like figure things out for yourself. You know? Well, I, I like that aspect of, of, those first couple you know tapes that you put out is is that there's it's just all there there's Uh there's no like it sounds bad when i said that there's no editing involved but there's no there's nothing that's like stopping you from like wanting to keep something off of it yeah totally there it's just how it comes out right and you know yeah there's things that like i can hear in them now where i'm like yeah exactly what i was saying i'm like man i wish i would have just Sung that a little more in tune, or right, right. not, or fix that bass part when I fucked it up a little bit. Or, uh-huh. But I also think that it's just, yeah, it's like you know, just fucking kick it out, man. I yeah. think it's good to just make music and explore that if that's what you're interested in, obviously, you know. But I, that's what I, that's what I like about writing songs and making music is just kind of, you know, building something out of nothing. Right, letting it happen and yeah. seeing where it goes and where it takes you and. Mm-hmm. Were you were you playing shows as Radiator Hospital? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First as first solo, and then pretty quickly started a band uh-huh. in Grand Rapids, and uh, had a certain lineup for like probably two years. And then when I moved to Philly, I was just like, I'm just gonna keep the name because why not? Yeah, and uh, and also because I was partly the reason I was moving to Philly was because our old drummer Jeff Bolt. 
is now our current drummer, current obviously. Drummer, but when yeah, I, yeah. he moved to uh-huh. Philly about a year before I did. He's oh, from okay. Grand Rapids, too. Gotcha. And uh, he played with us back then. And yeah. I just love played. his drumming. So I was He's like, great. yeah, so good. Just, uh, yeah, like my favorite drummer of all time. Yeah. <laughs> and so I like was like, yeah, I want to be in a band of this guy again. And Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. And he put out I Want to Believe. Right. Yeah, he put out our first seven inch, uh-huh. um, which started his multi million dollar empire, Stupid Bag Records. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got a, did you have a, oh, you had a pin on your jacket for sure. You had a really good cheap trick pin on your. Hell yeah, thanks, I, man. I fucking love that band. OG, yeah. They don't get, love cheap they don't get so the, good. They don't get their due. Those first like three records in the live one are fucking awesome. Yep, yep, in color. So, so good. good. It's unbelievable. Those guitar sounds are so so pristine. Yeah, too. yeah. Matt Hess put on the first one last night, and we were listening to it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I believe that about. <laughs> but it had like a huge warp in it, so it kind of like it was uh-huh. kind of a bummer. It's like, oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge warp in it. I got, I got, I got my dad's copies of those out there. Hell yeah, very very good records. That's also a great band to get into because they're just like, yeah, you can usually find in color for three bucks and any worthwhile record store you know absolutely having a night it's like it's always there yeah it's always there for 4.99 and like you can getting into songwriting like you can you can steal ideas from yeah. that band for years right because um, who would think you would be doing that exactly you're in a modern day punk band or something anybody anybody who catches it it's gonna be like yo they listen to cheap trick and that's sick yeah <laughs> well if you hide it right then it's then you're doing your job i feel like i love just like pilfering shit from all sorts of stuff all the yeah. time yeah yeah totally. melodies are uh-huh thing little things but yeah if you're if you're just integrated into your own thing then right hopefully they don't notice so you get you get into a rhythm too in like 2011 2012 you're where you're like releasing things like quarterly is it kind of getting to to a, a point where you're just like damn this is like this is it this is what i this is what i want to be doing this is no i've just always done that i've just and it's i mean radiator hospital is obviously my band which i write songs for but uh-huh. all throughout the tenure of doing radio hospital i've always played in two or three other bands you know or always been making music in some random other capacity and so i feel like um and it never really occurred to me that i was doing all sorts of radio hospital stuff i was just always making music you know and i and radio hospital was the one that was in my control the most so Uh you know if i wanted to be making music and this band or that band was falling apart or whatever Uh and then i could focus on that you know so that's what i was doing then was when you know jeff was gone a bunch with swearing and Uh so i was just kind of at home like i guess i'll just keep making music right right and then and then touring and then we would started touring more and stuff but Uh yeah so then so kind of like the move to philly is is almost like i can go there and continue to do radiator hospital but i'm also going to be surrounded by like even more creative people and i can do and just yeah like more of the music and culture that i'm interested in you know like uh-huh. i was kind of saying about grand rapids and i'm not trying to talk shit on grand rapids because i do love it and I just mean, had a great time there the yeah, other day yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. we played it that record store my dad works out it was awesome oh that rules um so you like what you do oh yeah 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 that's he just great. went on tour with us for like six days how was that on the west coast it was yeah. awesome that's so cool it was his 60th birthday and so we uh-huh. uh me and my sister flew him out like for a birthday gift and he like uh rented a car and just followed us on tour oh that's so great it was awesome he like had a great time uh-huh. <laughs> and it was just funny to be like this is my dad yeah yeah, <laughs> to yeah. people in random towns yeah, yeah. that's 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 dope i got that's that set list there is from uh bob mold uh playing playing uh copper blue from the front to back hell yeah and then we went to that with my dad yeah. It's like one of the best shows I've ever seen. It's crazy when you're like able to, to do that. Yeah, it's like so it's such a unique experience. Have that bond or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And these things that like you got into through your parents that. Uh huh. Well, and I know a lot of people who obviously got into punk and music, in spite of their parents or yeah, to re- right. sort of rebel against, <laughs> uh, you know, parents. But I've always yeah. been, you know, I got into music because yeah, my dad was playing music all the time. Yeah, so, yeah, for know. sure. And also, you know, my mom loves music too. I mean, it's just always been around me you know yeah i remember when i got um i was like oh i like the sex pistols i want to get into punk and my dad's like okay cool also listen to the jam and listen to right. Cox. i'm like thanks dad yeah yeah <laughs> i remember specifically being like you know finding getting like an aerosmith greatest hit cd and being yeah. like 
I'm so into Aerosmith and my dad being like, you should take this class she did yeah. instead. <laughs> you know, like, uh, uh, you know, I always remember that. Like, thanks for doing that. As a young man who was like so into like, you know, yeah, uh, don't want to miss a thing or something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, so Philly was, was what you wanted it to be. You got there. Oh, yeah. I love it there. It's great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I said, I've just always been making music. It never really felt like I was... I mean, sure, I was aware that I was, like, you know, moving to a bigger city and that would allow me to be heard more, uh-huh. you know, by yeah. more people or whatever. But it wasn't like I was, like, making a super conscious decision of trying to, like, do music as my life or something. I was just kind of like, I want to keep making music and here's how, here's how much my friends live, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you recorded Something Wild out there? Yes. At your house? Yes. Um, And the lineup is, that's the lineup stabilized. Yes, the band like, since we moved to Philly has been the same lineup. Wow. How'd that, how that end up coming out on Salinas? Um, he just, uh, he's an old friend of Jeff's, Marco, Marco who yeah. does Salinas, yeah. And he, uh, um, He's just like, you know, been playing in bands and stuff with Jeff and known him since like they were, you know, young punks in Michigan. Yeah, for sure. And so, and also he's known um, John and Cynthia for a long time separately. Marco has. Oh, okay. And I, and you know, I met him much later, obviously, but, uh, you know, I think he just had he liked our band just because of the people that were in it as much as the actual oh, band, you know? On. I mean, he likes it now, obviously, but yeah, I think yeah, initially yeah. it was kind of like, I can't not put out my friend's record. You yeah, know? for sure. You look at the, like the, the things that, that have come out on that label over the past, like 10 years. And it's just like, he's always, he's always God's finger on the He's got great taste. Yeah. He, it, yeah. He always is like putting out some new thing that I haven't heard of that I'm like, Whoa, this is awesome. Yeah, for sure. And that record sounds great. Too. Which record? Uh, something wild oh cool thank you yeah it's like i think that that was kind of the the moment where like the lo-fi and the pop punk like really coalesced and right yeah in a way that i feel like i i'm glad you say you liked how like how it sounds because my only issue with it is that i feel like it's a little too like every other with that like it's a little too like lo-fi song rock song yeah, yeah but and it sometimes fucks with the flow but Ultimately, I like that record. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I sort of like the. Uh, I kind of like that it's all of a sudden you get thrown into some weird other song that's going to be way different than the last, you know? Yeah, and I think that all of those lo fi tracks have like a good, just a good balance of being like a little, a little weird, but mm-hmm. they're, they're honed in a little bit more. It's yeah. not like you're hit with like, you know, a, a peaking ukulele. Uh-huh. noise coming in it's exactly like, yeah this, this quiet little thing but also, right because like i was saying i mean i just i le- i was learning how as i was making it as yeah. i was writing the song so i mean yeah i was just getting better at that point yeah totally um and i think that there's there's also really good in- integration of like all of the pretty things that you'd done before that too where like your harmonies are like injecting into all different songs uh-huh. and the layering is really really solid too you think oh, you're yeah. just like getting it as you go Yes, a little bit of that, and I was also just, yeah, kind of, like, excited to be making this uh-huh. record, and I knew that we had enough good songs that it would be fun to throw some weirdos in there. Yeah, for sure. That yeah. That's kind of the one that, that I think introduces you to to a lot of people. Yeah, too. it's the one people seem to like the most, it seems, yeah. Is it, um... They buy it the most at our shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you're you're stoked about that, I'm sure. Yeah, it's like, awesome. It's I'm like, if anybody likes our music, that's so cool. Uh-huh. You know? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like the fact that people still give a shit about our band is amazing to me. Were you worried? I know this is skipping ahead a little bit, but were you worried in taking the gap that you did in between Torch Song and and this new one? No, because I don't really give a shit. I mean, I did a bunch of other stuff in between. Like, uh-huh. we toured a bunch right after Torch Song came out, and yeah. then. And kind of toured on and off for the next year after that, and then, and then after that, I did. I was playing in another band, and did this record last year with my buddy Mikey called the or he has a band called the Goodbye Party, but yeah, our record is called the Afterglows. Yeah, we're going um, to talk. About okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, you know, I was doing stuff. I mm-hmm. it's weird how I mean, like you were saying, how you know it almost seemed like I was releasing stuff quarterly. Yeah. It's because I would put out weird split tapes and seven inches and uh-huh. all sorts of smaller releases. Yeah. And then, but 
you know, it's on the masses. Too, yeah, yeah, on smaller labels either. and stuff. Uh-huh. But because of that, I think you know, just in general, any kind of band, I feel like people think of their albums as like this is their this is their work, and the right. seven inch is just or the split tape is just a little superfluous thing or something. I don't yeah, know. Sure, sure. Not necessarily. I mean, I I I made them all the time. I like making split tapes, you know. But yeah. <laughs> um. So, I mean, it's something that we've, like, kind of touched on already, but, you know, there's, um, it seems to come up when there's song, you know, a song like Our Song comes out, and, mm-hmm. you know, people really, really attach to it, mm-hmm. and people really love that song, and then, um, you know, you kind of get hit with this, like, sort of discomfort with the, you know, how that affects you, and how mm-hmm. that affects, like people's perception on your band and when what you're supposed to be doing and all of that sort of right stuff. yeah it's weird it was that was an interesting song in the sense that like yeah i just wrote it and like any other song and had no and then instantly though like the first time i played it uh-huh. people came up to me like that song's the best song you've ever written you know so yeah, like yeah, yeah. i knew pretty quickly that it was a good song i guess but at the time when we put that record out you know i was still like i was saying kind of in a period where i was just kind of cranking out music left yeah. and right and um not getting bogged down by what people thought about music as much uh-huh you know people were liking that song maybe but i didn't i wasn't in my head about it as much you know because i was yeah. just like doing my other shit and didn't care uh-huh. but then like when it like talk about the gap or whatever between the two lps partly part of that was because i was doing the afterwards record i did a split record with this band great thunder and I was just trying to do something different than our band for a while, you know, yeah, like I wanted sure. to write songs thinking about them differently than thinking about our live band, you know? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so when it came time to do the live band record, I was like, yeah, I want to make sure it's really fucking good. So let's take our time on it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, I feel like that sentiment, it's not, it's not uncommon. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's like, you know, you can probably talk to, anybody that has a song that they have to play they can't like not play it in the live show. Uh-huh. we actually only just recently started playing our song again we like hardly ever play it well something else comes up that i think kind of takes the place of our song is in the you know you, you if you didn't play kite your bangs the other night i think right we either got to play one or the other yeah right. <laughs> that's usually how it goes sometimes we'll play both and yeah I hope people like that. I, I, I just I I find it to be like an interesting sentiment that you get, through, you know, reading reading about like Kurt Cobain or you know mm-hmm. anybody that has songs that that have such a massive impact on people, and then they get a little just like weirded out with like I, I don't I don't know this is this isn't any different from anything else. This isn't right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't imagine. Uh, the kind of pressure somebody who's a actual famous rock star has. I right. mean, yeah, imagine uh-huh. that. Like, you know, for me, it's like we're small potatoes. At the end of the day, even if, uh, you know, a bunch of people like our song Cut Your Bangs, we're still like uh-huh. not Nirvana, obviously. So right, it's not yeah, like yeah. that much. I don't have the like, you know, corporations and all this money depending on me or whatever, you know. Uh-huh. But, but I feel like there's a little bit of an injection of like, this is my thing. And like right, I started doing it just because I wanted to do it, not because I was I expect anybody to hear it. You right? Know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think? Because I guess I was kind of trying to parse this out. Because um, like you have expressed this like a couple times, and so I've been thinking about it over the course of a, a couple of days. But I think that like the way that you play and the way that you express and like the way that you sing, there's a really, really personal attachment that people can have to your songs Uh do you do you ever feel like there's like that part of that feeling has to do with like maybe a little bit of an assumption that is made about you that people might i think definitely people probably think all of my songs are autobiographical yeah or something which i don't think they are you know right or it's not necessarily about one moment or one situation i just uh-huh. made a song out of how yeah. i was feeling or whatever you know right. but um or like what you were listening to or definitely you know. yeah yeah um but yeah i mean the music that's always connected to me or like you know is like really sincere music you know uh-huh. i mean something like jonathan richmond but also like something like the replacements or yeah. you know a band like that it's totally. just like we're gonna fucking do 
we're gonna make our music so if you want to hear it you can but you know yeah but also like you know that mentality i think leads to an honesty in your music because you're trying to connect with people i mean i make Uh music because i want to or part of the reason i make music is because i want to or why anybody makes art i think is you want to connect with other people it's the whole point of like you know yeah expressing your thoughts Uh and feelings you know Yeah, yeah, yeah i've always been kind of intrigued by by westerberg's own like assertions of like what he doesn't allow his audience to have like uh-huh. he never prints lyrics he won't, right, he, won't yeah. he won't tell you and he like you know he's he's kind of purposefully like you know you ask him what something's about and he's like totally aloof and, uh-huh. you know i like, like that i like the idea of just being like yeah i made the music so yeah. you know listen to it you know it's right, not meant yeah. to be read or whatever yeah we'll print our lyrics because you know I'd never follow along really with lyric sheets, but people uh-huh. like to and stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, let's well, say you know it is interesting. It's like you put something out there, and yeah, it's theirs, but it's also like it's still yours to some extent. Right. There's always that. There's always that debate of like yeah. what it actually is. But that's why it's also cool. It's like, you know. Yeah. I like that it can be some. It can mean a, a song can mean something totally different too every single person on the planet you know like i mean definitely uh you know obviously someone who's i don't know somebody whose favorite song is one of my songs and has listened to it a hundred times or whatever however many times then they're obviously going to have a different association or feeling with that song than i do yeah just like how paul westerberg has a different idea of the replacements than i do you know i just think it's cool to just be like yeah here's the here's the music you know check it out or whatever I think that I I do like how that sentiment seems to lead you into making Mall of America, mm-hmm. which is just you and the the four track again. Yeah, and the sounds are are what you want them to be, and you got we well, got four covers on that right. Yeah, there. and was that was it was that a little bit of the taking back? Yeah, well, the way that that started was I just started putting songs online. Like, it, well, it started as like an EP that I did for like a tour, uh-huh. and it was only six songs. And then I just slowly added songs, like as kind of like a fan. The idea was that it's like you know, follow along, and I'll post a new song every week or something. Yeah, you sure. know. And then eventually I was just like, okay, I'm done with this, and uh-huh. then made it a 10 inch yeah. and a tape. But uh, yeah, that was just a very much like I'm just gonna write whatever songs I write and have fun doing it, and yeah, or do covers and just kind of explore That's singing somebody Stray's else's song. Cover. So holy, good, love that song. Holy shit, that song is so good. Yeah, that's a buddy of mine who lived in Michigan, uh, a bunch of different places, but I met him when he lived in Grand Rapids, and just yeah. a great songwriter. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, that song is just like, I I remember listening to that for the first time and just like looking at YouTube because I figured it was some like. Old you know, song. Yeah, some like Spectre group that I'd never heard of. Right, yeah. <laughs> you got to see this guy play solo live too because he has a really unique yeah. voice and it just sounds so good. It's just like such a cool like crooner type yeah. of voice, you know. Totally. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I have listened to it a few times. It's unbelievable yeah. where that guy comes from. Yeah. Torch song, when it comes out, it, it does have like, you know, a little bit of hype around it. Yeah. Like, well, we put it online like a couple months before we actually like toured and played and uh-huh. had records of it so i think that helped to be like kind of like here's this record you can hear it now and then yeah people are like well it's a surprise record even though it wasn't really you know? uh-huh so yeah <laughs> it seemed like it helped people dig it yeah and then we did our first big like actually full u.s tour after that uh-huh so that was also helped you know getting it out to places all over so talk me into you know you make a you make a post i think in the beginning of 2015 just about like i got a take a break uh-huh. music business i'm not too not too into this like uh, just all this sort of like attachment that like you know it it sounded like you were kind of out of control uh, yeah or you had not out of control but had lost a lot of control over. well yeah that was like the beginning of feeling like uh right like it wasn't mine anymore and i was just kind of struggling with that and i decided i was like i'd rather just kind of you know cool my jets a bit than than uh get too in my head about what i'm doing you know uh-huh. and be, because yeah it's like when it was feeling like it was out of my control or like not as much mine anymore that was the beginning of realizing that i think you know yeah 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 so what's it i guess what's it like when you're in your head like that because 
it just makes me like saying a line that I normally would have uh, just rolled with and be like, that's stupid. I'm not going to do that. And then uh-huh. I just won't write the song. <laughs> yeah, sure. So it kind of, is that where it becomes, like, that's kind of where you draw the line where it's like, this is actually just affecting, like, the way that I write. And I need yeah. I need to be able to write, and that's, like, kind of the only thing that matters. Right, or, like, it was just, yeah, I was thinking about Radiator Hospital music in the sense of, like, yeah, it's a, it's a you can start the timeline and end it, you know? Uh-huh. Like, so that's why, yeah, like I was saying, I started just having to write for other type of projects because I just was getting to, yeah, I was eat like I was saying, it was easy to follow up, uh, something wild and mall of America because I was just still kind of exploring and writing. But then, but then, yeah, I was just like, I want to do something different, I guess, you know, uh-huh. Mix it yeah, up yeah, and, yeah. and also just like live my life and, you know, do yeah. other things. I, I made music my whole life, you know? Right. So I think I just had this realization of like, I want to have other interests. I want to have other hobbies. I want to, yeah. you know, What'd you get into? live a life. Uh, not like anything cool. I mean, just kind of like hanging out with friends more and like yeah, just yeah, being yeah. more like a present person in uh-huh. my life than, than constantly thinking about shows and thinking about making music and stuff. Right. You, know? you, know, you, don't, you don't have to, I think I was just realizing it was night. affecting my, it was just affecting my life in a way that I didn't like my uh-huh. general life, you know? Yeah. 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 This sort of like, you have to be present in like so many, so many facets of the, of the, of the world at this point. Right. If you're, yeah. if you're living like a public life, it's like. Um, you know, on a, you seem to have always had like a, um, you know, not wanting to fully participate in like a lot of online things like reading your blog. It's like, it's funny cause like you're even somewhat like uncomfortable with that. Right. And I don't even write it anymore. Cause I was just like, this is stupid. I don't want to write a blog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make music. I don't yeah. Blog, yeah. For yeah. sure. But you make you make, you make the record with Allison. Right. Yeah. And then you do. The Afterglow's record, and mm-hmm. both of those things, you you have so much freedom on, on everything, right? Uh, yeah, a bit. I mean, the Allison record is a bit more like I was just kind of a hired gun, uh, yeah. bass player, sort of. Well, uh-huh. the first EP we made, I was more involved, but yeah, lean into it. Was right? Like, yeah, you were yeah, pretty, yeah. Pretty involved in that. And we toured a bit doing that, and then toured a bunch last year with her, and earlier this year with her. Uh, live band doing yeah. her, her new record or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i heard that you were playing bass on the on those tours yeah and she put out a really good record yeah it's great um so the afterglows record how did, how did that come about well i lived with uh well i played in the goodbye party as a live band uh, oh okay um when he was doing it as a band now he mostly just does it solo but um and we lived together like shared a wall and both did home recording stuff and uh-huh. just you know would always talk about the music we like we just like a lot of the same music and what was the what were the unifying things between just a lot of like power pop like yeah we you know we first started bonding over like you know the bats and the new zealand band and uh yeah yeah, yeah. i never um, really got I, i've always heard always great heard. band yeah you should yeah. check it out there they have a compilation of their early eps called completely bats spelled oh, like okay. com- completely like compiled yeah, yeah, yeah. Compilation. Or okay, is that, you okay, should check okay, that cool. out because yeah, that's yeah, like really yeah, good. Yeah, for sure. But um, that band, this guy Tommy Keane, who actually just recently died. Dude, yeah. So sad. Yeah. But so, that was like a, okay. he's from the same uh, town as, yeah, uh, yeah. he's from the same town as Mikey, Bethesda, Maryland. Tommy really? Keane is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. when I realized that Mikey liked Tommy Keane, I was like, oh shit. Like, I don't know anybody is, else who likes him. He's such a unifying force. <laughs> right. Like if you like Tommy Keane, it's like, oh shit. Yeah, like yeah, if you know about that guy. For sure. Did you ever see, I'll show you this video when we're done, but it's, uh, it's Westerberg doing Love Untold from eventually on the David Letterman show. With Tommy Keane? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Dude, he does, he just rips this guitar solo and it's like, it's just Westerberg and Tommy Keane and then like, you know the, the Letterman the band or something yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah and Tommy Keane just like you know it's getting ready to do the solo he doesn't have a pedal or anything so he just turns his amp up and he just rips Hell for yeah. 25 seconds and and the Letterman house band is just like whoa <laughs> right they're yeah. like oh man I saw Tommy Keane uh, oh, might man. have been his last Chicago show wow it was it was so good he's I never saw him yeah. would have loved yeah. to have seen him cause you know he just like <sighs> Yeah, that was that was tough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that, kind of how we started bonding. That was one of the people we bonded over making yeah, music, yeah, and, yeah. and then just start just decided like let's do a record where we sort of combine forces. Yeah, it doesn't really sound like a Tommy Keane. <laughs> it doesn't at all, right? I mean, it's just like one of the connections. I mean, our yeah, basic yeah. inspiration for 
the record was specifically two things. When we do it live, we just do two acoustic guitars, no mics. Uh-huh. So the idea of like, you know, classic vocal duos or something, you know, yeah. just like, uh, I just thought that was a cool idea. We love singing together, me and Mikey. So your um, voice is really, really mesh. Like there's there's times on that record where I wasn't until like I was able to read the lyric sheet that I realized like, oh okay, this is this is actually Sam because it's right. Sam's handwriting. And this right. Yeah. Me. Oh right. Yeah, because we did it in our handwriting. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, um. Which I thought that was cool to be like to a cool differentiation to yeah. so people would know like. Yeah. Absolutely. But um. I feel like I was looking, you know, I've been looking my whole life for someone I can harmonize with as good with him. Yeah. Like, we just naturally have always sung pretty good together. I don't know why. You know, there's like a... I guess what went into those those songs for you, I tried not too hard to, to you know, attach, like, that autobiographical sense to it, but those songs are, you know, they're, they're really, like, profoundly, like, wintry and mm-hmm. um, kind of like, I don't know, dark hallway. Definitely a of, bit darker vibe, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, what, it, what went into that? Like, what were you, was it something? Just the songs I was kind of writing at the time, I yeah, think, yeah, you know, yeah. I was just not in a great place or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and sure. so, and if, and it was like songs that felt like they lent themselves well to, uh, that band, you yeah. know, versus Radio Hospital or something. Yeah, absolutely. Was, um, are you going to do another one? <laughs> we keep talking about doing another one called Aft Two Glows. Yeah. <laughs> like with a two in it. This is be funny. <laughs> But we we might. I was like, let's do a seven inch because that way it's like easier. We only have to write two songs each. <laughs> yeah, there's um there's a band called Afterglow who was on uh, Summershine Records. Okay. There's a Slumberland comp- compilation. It's all it's all like late eighties power pop. Cool. I'll show you the song. You know, it's just like really really good. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Uh, super nerdy stuff. But you know what? So. What what gets you back into into Radiator Hospital Brain into wanting to do it again? Well, I mean, really, we never stopped. Uh, we never really stopped doing it. Like we would always play. We would play a show a month or whatever. You know, whenever uh-huh. a friends band would come through, we would still play a bunch. But um, yeah, I think once those records were done, once I was done with the Afterglows, and or you know, it was like we made the record, we toured it a bit. Uh-huh. You know, I just kind of was like, all right, let's you get in the gear a little bit. Yeah, and like, uh, yeah, we just wanted to really focus on the songs and have everyone be really happy with their parts kind of thing, you know, so we just took our time and we're working on it while we were all doing other stuff. Because right. Jeff and Cynthia also have another band called Swanning that uh-huh. they were doing yeah, a bunch at the band. time. When I was doing the Afterglows, they were doing Swanning a bunch, so yeah, awesome uh-huh. band. Because it, um, it feels like I wrote down New Adventures in Hi-Fi. Cause it's such a, you know, it's, it's the best like recording. It's like, it's like, all right, this is like straight up, like a really, really good sounding record. Everything is clean. Everything uh-huh. that was, that was super intentional on, on y'all's part. Uh, our new record. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. New adventures in hi-fi. You think oh. it sounds like new adventures in hi-fi? No, I just like thought it was <laughs> it like, is it a was new a adventure in hi-fi. Joke. If, it, if it's anything, it's, it's like the, uh, what's the first GBV, like big, is it isolation oh, right. drills? Or, just, or isolation yeah, drills. Yeah. 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 Um, there yeah. Was probably one before isolation. I think that there's like 400 GBV. Yeah. Records. So many fucking records, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, we've always been a live band even though I would do solo stuff a bunch and do four track stuff a bunch, yeah. but we still always had like a rock band uh-huh. and some, both something wild and torch song as much as, you know, we all like those records. We hear them. We heard them six months after we made them and we're like, damn, we play these songs so much better now. Like we should right. have just waited a bit yeah, yeah, yeah. till we were all really happy with how we were playing them, you know? Uh-huh. And so that's just what we did with this record where we were just like, let's just like really drill these songs, know them really good feel really happy as a band like for the first time ever basically i mean uh-huh. not ever but like really for the first time we were like right let's focus on this as a band and not just like a solo project that sounds like a band well it's kind of the first time that you take time in between the first time that you're like all right well you know it's we don't have any sort of deadline we don't have any yeah. like pace to keep up with like we right. can just do this when we're ready because you kind of made that mark yeah exactly so that's been really cool and yeah exactly the long I, I wouldn't say the longer we waited the more people were stoked about it but i do think that that was hopefully like you know it's like oh cool i haven't seen that band in a while yeah yeah, yeah. there's a little another bit thing of like you know a, yes all right they're back yeah 
I think if we waited any longer, or if we wait any longer between our next one, uh-huh. then I don't know if people will follow along. <laughs> and I don't blame them. It's like I don't yeah. fucking you know right care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know how it it's goes. cool. We we've been having so much fun on tour, and people really have been digging it. So I'm like, it's pretty cool. Well, it's a really like fun record it. too. You cool. Know? Thank I you. I think yeah. that like you know, reading into the sentiments of like what was going on beforehand, it's it's kind of, you know, it's inspiring in its way to just like hear you come back and you're like yeah all right cool like you know this is a really bouncy like tight sounding record yeah um it does feel like you're you are parsing out some of those feelings of like maybe what was going into needing to take a break from it though did you feel like you were doing that yeah totally i feel like a lot of the songs are kind of wrestling with uh you know the um yeah like what i wanted it to be or what what was what was inspiring me to write music i mean the world is so fucked i mean it's always so fucked but you know during this election and obviously this year since you know where Uh he's actually been president all this shit it's just like you know nothing feels good really so it's like feels good to make music and or you know so it's just i feel like it's complicated like what I want to be saying. Like, I want to feel like I have something, something worthwhile to say, you know? Right. If I'm just going to be some fucking white dude with the guitar singing my songs. Like, yeah. You might as well make it. I'd like it to worthwhile. be, to be good in some way. I don't know. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if what? I'm going to say it's fine. It's like, it just what? is what it is. I mean, yeah. I'm glad you like it, but <laughs> I'm sure people listening to this probably like my band, but it's just kind of a band. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah. a thing I do. Sometimes. Well, I, I feel like, that's all it has to be. Yeah, and, exactly. And that's why it's fun. That's why it's fun. It's right. just like, it's not supposed to change the world. The whole point of the record, songs you like, it's just like, play the songs you like, uh-huh. listen to whatever music you want, it, whatever, in that moment, you know, maybe yeah. you don't want to listen to some super heavy, dark ass shit. And yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. because the world feels heavy and dark, you know, and, but also think that some of our music, the point is that it's like upbeat music that maybe talks about difficult things and can make you feel like, okay, like, there's light at the end of the tunnel or something you know it's not all bad i guess yeah 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 i think that's the that's the sense that i've always gotten from it hell yeah cool and uh i think that it's it's good that you're doing everything that you need to do to to continue to do that i think that's really important and it's like i think that it's tough sometimes to not get caught up in in you know, doing something because you feel like you have to do it. Especially. Yeah, totally. Right. I got a fucking job already. You know, <laughs> I don't want my band to be my job and, or, or yeah. as far as like the, uh, you know, bummer aspects of a job. It's like, that was also kind of what I was getting at with being like involved in the music industry or something. It's like the more we did our band and the more people liked it, the less control we had over what kind of shows we could play over, you know, the size of places we could play. We couldn't play. I mean, we do still play house shows all the time, but yeah, it got a little bit harder for a second kind of thing, you know, or whatever. And it just made me be like, I want to just, you know, take this band at my own pace and not force it to be anything that I don't think it is, you know? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's just like, it's nice because I like, I hear that and I, you know, think about the things that people do do. And I think that your stance is like very decidedly punk stance mm-hmm. on it. And I think that that's helpful. For, yeah. You know, creating anything like I, I Well, it just goes back to what I was saying about like, you know, my voice or my guitar playing ability. You know, I mean, at this point I can sing pretty good and I can play guitar pretty good. Yeah. But when I started, I certainly couldn't. And I just still did it anyway, because I was like, I'm not going to not, do something just because i'm not good at it you know yeah yeah i want to create something that feels good even if you know looking back it's i don't think it's as good as maybe i did when i was like so excited to make it right yeah yeah but that feeling is is the the most the point you know it's the point of making it yeah that's awesome well thanks thanks for coming hell yeah totally (laughs) i'm glad you seem to be feeling better i yeah once i yeah i think i feel better i think i you know got on my haze a little bit here so Cool. Thanks again. Hell yeah, thank you. All right. Hey, so, so great 
having Sam on, his predicament of internalizing the way people react to what you create, that has always been a point of fascination for me, something I've read plenty about, but haven't really had the chance to talk about it on the show. One of the gifts of doing this podcast is that it brings me into the unexplored territories with a lot of people's discographies. Until getting ready for this show, I was pretty much only a Radiator Hospital LPs guy. This time that I spent getting into the earliest recordings, into those seven inches, was time that I so thoroughly enjoyed. It made me very pumped for this conversation. It even made catching whatever Sam had worth it. It took me about 24 hours to start feeling rotten. And I was out of commission for a few days after. No regrets. I'd do it again. Check out Radiator Hospital online. Radiatorhospital.bandcamp.com That Afterglows record can be found at so much for the Afterglows bandcamp.com subscribe to this podcast on itunes rate it write a review tell a friend about the show like the page on facebook you can send me a message on there the website is betteryetpod.com merchandise t-shirts and buttons available at betteryetpod.com slash merch did i forget anything i usually read off of the same thing but i'm trying to do this by memory oh bandcamp BetteryHitPodcast.BandCamp.com And thank you so much. Thanks to Sam. Thank you, Chloe. Thanks to Ryan and Eric, my roommates, letting me borrow some records in preparation. Thanks to the elite, my elite, best in the world. Love to you all. Thank you for coming back. And come back next week. Thanks, Wait up.